Hello and welcome to this episode of By His Word. I am your host and teacher, Candy Carmichael. For the past few weeks, we have been discussing eternity past, present, and future. We ended last week's discussion with the time just before the final battle of the coming tribulation period known as the Battle of Armageddon. The Bible does not say how long this battle lasts or how long it took for how long it will take for armies to get into this battle and oppose the Antichrist's rule to cross the river Euphrates and approach the Valley of Megiddo where this battle will take place. At this point in the tribulation, the earth and a great portion of the population has been devastated by the series of judgments that God sent. When the third set of judgment, known as the vile or bold judgments, are completed, a voice came out of heaven saying, It is done. Revelation 16:17. A quake so mighty that it splits Jerusalem into three parts, international cities are destroyed, every mountain is leveled, every island disappears, and hailstones weighing 100 pounds each all occur immediately after the announcement from heaven. Chapter 17 of Revelation is an interesting chapter that describes Mystery Babylon and the harlot that rode upon the beast with seven heads and ten horns. Since Rome was the ruling empire of the day, it is obviously a reference to the great city of Rome that was the headquarters of the empire. Again, John used the code word Babylon to describe Rome and a dragon to describe the evil beast system that persecuted the true church. The fact that the woman represented in this chapter is a symbol of Rome is shown in verse 18 that says this, And that woman which you saw in the great city that reigns over the kings of the earth. Since Rome was the world empire of the time that John wrote the book, then this is a clear reference to Rome. One of the angels who poured out the vile judgments on the earth explained to John who this woman was. She is described as a harlot, one who becomes extremely wealthy by indulging in all types of evil with all the elite of the world. She commits spiritual fornication with other religions and did not hesitate to become involved in all types of evil. She is described as a harlot who sits on many waters, according to Revelation 17.1. This is a reference to the geographical location of Rome, which is surrounded by several named seas, both in, around the city and around the nation of Italy. There are several interpretations of the identity of this false religious system. Since there have been false gods and idol worship from almost the beginning of man's time on the earth, these passages could refer to a generalized system of false religion, or they could point to the frequent explanation by many scholars of the Roman church system that had already begun to form. Notice that this false system was closely aligned with the beast system and with the rulers of the nations on the earth. Come, I will show you the judgment of the great whore who sits on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Revelation 17, 1 and 2. There were many false religions in the world in John's day, and this spiritual harlot joined with the leaders of all of them. The angel continued to reveal details about the identity and activity of this woman. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast which was full of the names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Revelation 17, verse 3. This spiritual system became intertwined with the beast system and multiple heads of nations. 
The seven heads represented the seven empires of the world that had had an impact on Israel. So it was not only in every nation, but it had been pervasive throughout history. It was not one particular religion, but a series of false religions that blasphemed the true God and the only way to heaven. Now when Jesus was on the earth, he forever put to rest the idea that there were multiple ways to reach God and heaven. He stated, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except through me, John 14, 6. Notice that Jesus said that he was the way, not a way. People have resisted being confronted with their sins and their need for a Savior. So they devise ways to avoid this and to formulate religions that are comfortable and non-confrontational. The beast system that carried or supported the false religious system is said to be full of the names of blasphemy. In the Greek, the word blaspheme means to revile, to defame, or to speak evil of. The beast is full of the names of blasphemy, so these could be names of other false gods, or they could be the names that ridiculed the name of God or Jesus Christ. The angel goes on to reveal more of the harlot's identity and activity. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of the abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. And on her forehead a name was written, Mystery Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots, maid, and of the abominations of the earth. I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs, of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. Revelation 17, 4-6. There are several reasons for these verses why many Bible commentators refer to this as the Roman Church. First of all, the Roman Church became nearly global in its influence, particularly in Europe and Latin America. It also became extremely wealthy, especially in the headquarters of Rome. Sadly, the Roman Church also became known for its persecution of those who refused to follow its doctrines. Some of the worst periods of persecution were during the Inquisition and the Reformation. The Inquisition was a series of trials in the 13th to 15th centuries that put on trial those who opposed the Catholic Church. These trials would at times result in either life imprisonment or execution, especially against Jews or Muslims who were forced to convert but suspected of falsely doing so. The Reformation also brought great persecution against those who defied the Roman Church. The printing press brought about the printing of religious literature and eventual, eventually the printing of the Bible for lay people to read as the truths of the doctrines of faith and grace and other topics began to be brought to the people. Then the angel continues his conversation with John as he explains the mystery of this false religious system. But the angel said to me, Why did you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her, which has the seven heads and ten horns. The beast that you saw was, and is not, and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And those who dwell on the earth will marvel, those whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they see the beast that was, and is not, and yet is. Revelation 17, verse 8. Here the angel explained to John that the Babylonian system once existed was not existing at the time of John's writing, but would emerge again during the tribulation when a powerful demonic entity was released from the bottom, bottomless pit, 
This demonic being appears to be a king angel over the bottomless pit who is called Apollyon or Abaddon, Revelation 9, verse 11. Many times a scriptural passage can have more than one meaning. It has already been established in previous studies that the seven heads on the beast system represented seven world empires. But there is another meaning, as explained to John by the angel. Here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. There are also seven kings. Five have fallen, one is, and the other has not yet come. And when he does come, he must continue a short time. The beast that was and is not is himself also the eighth, and is of the seven, and is going to perdition. Revelation 17, 9-11. This passage shows that the seven heads also refer to seven mountains on which the woman is sitting. This is a direct reference to the seven hills upon which Rome is built. The angel reiterates the fact that at the same time the seven heads represent seven world empires, Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, and the empire that would form during the first half of the tribulation. The eighth beast was the kingdom of the Antichrist that would arise from the empire that was, that disappeared from the earth, but would be revived during the Antichrist's reign. Notice that the angel explained that this kingdom was of the seven. It was the one empire of the previous six empires that had fallen and faded into oblivion and was no longer present even as a regional power. That empire was Babylon. It becomes the Eighth Empire, but it will eventually be destroyed in hell. Verse 11. The angel continues his explanation. The ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive authority from one hour as kings and reign with the beast. They are of one mind, and they will give their power and authority to the beast. Revelation 17, 12, and 13. The kingdom that now is was defined as the current leadership of the Roman Empire in John's day. The Seventh Empire is thought to be some form of the revived Roman Empire during the first half of the Tribulation, most likely an extension of the present-day European Union. During this time, the Earth will probably be divided into ten geopolitical regions which will be ruled by ten leaders. These leaders will all be loyal to the one who becomes the established global leader, otherwise known as the Antichrist. He will give them limited and temporary power to rule with him as they merge their respective governments into one global entity. But the rule is short-lived. When Jesus returns to set up his millennial kingdom, the Antichrist and his followers will be easily vanquished. These will make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them, for He is Lord of lords and King of kings, and those who are with Him are called, chosen, and faithful. Revelation 17, verse 14. Led by Satan himself, the Antichrist and his minions will literally fight to the death against Jesus when He returns to stop the annihilation of the human race at the Battle of Armageddon. Blinded by deception, these demonic-infested hordes will face an eternal defeat against a supernatural power that they could not possibly begin to prevail against, because he is, as the scripture declares him, Lord of Lords and King of Kings. By the end of the Antichrist rules, the nations of the world will have grown to hate the false religious system and will turn against it. Then the angel said to me, The waters which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. And the ten horns which you saw on the beast, 
These will hate the harlot, make her desolate and naked, eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to fulfill his purpose, to be of one mind, and to give them give their kingdoms to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. And the woman whom you saw is that great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. Revelation 17, 15-18. Again, these passages have a double meaning. They describe the literal geographic location of Rome, but the waters are also a symbol for multiple groups of people who have up until that time supported the harlot and joined with her in her sins. The Bible does not say what events that lead the world rulers to deny this false religious system. It also implies that the kings may turn against the false prophet who is the Antichrist's right-hand man and his chief propaganda minister. Perhaps they see that both men have been unable to prevail over the fierce judgments that are sent during the last half of the tribulation. This casts doubt on their supposed divine powers. Whatever the case, this capitulation on the part of the ten kings against the religious system will create a great rift in the powers of the Antichrist kingdom as many begin to revolt against his rule at the end of the tribulation. Chapter 17 of Revelation is a description of the spiritual adultery of Rome and its influence on the world throughout the centuries, including into the tribulation period. But chapter 18 is a description of the economic impact that this failed religious system had on the world. It is interesting to note that during the period of the Roman Empire that scholars who wrote during that time often used the term Babylon as a valid or a veiled reference to Rome. Babylon was the first empire to invade Israel as a nation when Nebuchadnezzar was the ruler of Babylon. The temple was destroyed on the saddest day of the Jewish calendar, which is the 9th of Av. That day was um, also the date when the spies brought back an evil report of giants in the land and caused the courage of the Israelites to fail in their quest to enter the Promised Land at that time. This was also the date on which both Solomon's temple and the temple in Jerusalem were destroyed. Evangelist Perry Stone gives an excellent explanation for why John used the term Babylon in his description of Rome in the book of Revelation. John was, at the time, a political prisoner on the Isle of Patmos, which is offshore from Turkey at the time of his writing. If he had openly described the destruction of Rome in his book, even many centuries into the future, his captors would have burned the scroll and we would not have had the book of Revelation in our Bible today. Now we're going to take a short break and you can find out how you can be witnesses in over 177 different countries around the world. We will be right back. We hope you are enjoying today's show. We believe that God has given us a voice to impact communities and regions all over the world. If you would like to make sure that voice is heard, please partner with us today by visiting www.expressionradio.org and click donate. You can also text give by texting the dollar amount followed by the word radio to the number 84321. First time text givers, please choose Expression Church of Huntington when prompted. All gifts are tax deductible. Join us as we change the world. Welcome back. 
Instead, the Romans apparently thought that John's writing were the mythological ramblings of a religious zealot. They did not understand the imagery of his writing or the importance of John's vision and the impact that it would have on the churches of that day. God protected his word by using symbolism that was contained in other books of the Old Testament, such as Zechariah, that they would help to interpret the meaning of John's writing. For example, when Nebuchadnezzar had his dreams about the image with the head of gold, the chest of silver, the belly and thighs of brass, legs of iron, and the toes with a mixture of iron and clay, these all symbolize accurately the world empires in succession. For example, gold was Babylon, represented or followed by silver, which represented the Medo-Persian Empire. That empire was conquered by Greece, which was symbolized by brass. And then Greece was eventually conquered by Rome, which was symbolized by the iron legs, which split into two divisions of east and west. The Roman Empire eventually died out, and this is there has been no world empire up until today. However, there will be some form of the revised Roman Empire during the first half of the tribulation as symbolized by the ten toes. The mixture of iron and clay shows a coalition that is partly strong and partly weak. Because the elements do not mix and hold together, this coalition will ultimately crumble, giving way to the eighth empire, which is of the beast. After John receives the explanation of the spiritual implications of the false religious system, another angel comes to announce the judgment against the financial and economic influence of the harlot. After these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. For all of the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plagues. For her sins have reached into heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Render to her just as she has rendered to you, and repay her double according to her works. In the cup which she has mixed, mix double for her. In the presence that she glorified, in the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously, in the same measure give her to torment and sorrow, for she says in her heart, I sit as a queen and am no widow, and I will not see sorrow. Therefore her plagues will come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judges her. Revelation 18, 1-8. This narrative is a description of the eventual destruction of the city of Rome and the false religious and economic influence that it had on the world. In Revelation 17, 16, it states that the ten kingdoms rise up against the harlot and allow her to be destroyed in the space of an hour, according to Revelation 18:10. This will most likely be the result of a nuclear attack. Since much of the city is built of stone or marble, this could not have been done by fire alone. Also note that God is in control of those events, even though the Antichrist is currently ruling on the earth at the time. 
Revelation 17.17 states that God put it into the hearts of the ten kings to destroy the harlot and the city and to fulfill his will. He compels even the evil ones to do his bidding. The angel announces the destruction of Babylon by shouting, Babylon the Great is fallen, is fallen. Now why would he state that twice? Rome fell once when the empire faded away, but this time the revived remnants of the empire were destroyed utterly in the space of an hour. When this great cataclysmic event destroys Rome, the world will mourn for the economic loss that is suffered. The kings of the earth who committed fornication and lived luxuriously with her will weep and lament for her when they see the smoke of her burning, standing in a distance for fear of her torment and saying, Alas, alas, that great city, Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour your judgment has come. And the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her, for no one buys their merchandise anymore, merchandise of gold and silver precious stones and pearls, fine linen and purple, silk and scarlet, every kind of citron wood, every kind of object of ivory, of precious wood, bronze, iron and marble, and cinnamon and incense, fragrant oil and frankincense, wine and oil, fine flour and wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and chariots, and the bodies and souls of men. Revelation 18, 9 to 13. It seems that there is going to be a love-hate relationship between the kings of the earth and the harlot. On the one hand, they are bent on destroying the last visible vestige of Christianity on the earth by destroying the city of Rome. But they are also devastating their very lucrative and illicit monetary system that was pervasive throughout the world. According to the passages and above, this system is not not only sold valuable merchandise, but it also trafficked the bodies and souls of men. This is why God utterly destroys it. The Bible twice states that men will stand afar off or at a distance because of the smoke of her burning. This is most likely an indication that the destruction of the city is nuclear and that the region would be extremely dangerous due to the radiation and to the contamination of the air, water, and soil. The angel proclaimed the finality of Babylon's fall by saying, Thus with violence the great city Babylon shall be thrown down and shall not be found any more. The light of a lamp shall not shine in you any more, and the voice of bridegroom and bride will not be heard in you any more. For your merchants were the great men of the earth, for by your sorcery all the nations were deceived. And in her was found the blood of the prophets and saints and of all who were slain on the earth, Revelation 18, 21, 23, and 24. But while the earth is mourning the fall of Rome and its evil system, heaven is rejoicing. Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you holy prophets and apostles, for God has avenged you on her, Revelation 18, 20. This is further proof that the church is in heaven during this time. It also shows that the Lord periodically allows the saints who are in heaven to see what is happening on the earth during that same time. Though we may not see our vindication during our own lifetimes here on earth, God is faithful to bring justice and to allow us to see that justice is fulfilled. After rejoicing over the fall of Babylon, John heard a great voice say these things. 
Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true sayings of God. Revelation 18, 7-9. Now the Bible does not say exactly when this supper occurs or how long it lasts. But the statement that the wife has made herself ready implies that the judgment seat of Christ where rewards are given and the believers are judged for their works has already occurred. She is dressed in pure white linen, ready to be celebrating her marriage to Jesus, the bridegroom. It is a time of great celebration just before the return of Jesus with the church to stop the destruction of the earth and and to imprison Satan, the Antichrist, the false prophet, and to set up his millennial kingdom on the earth. I cannot imagine what this supper will be like. Now, there are some who say that it will be almost a year in length when it happens, and all of your favorite foods will be there. I personally think that Chick-fil-A needs to be there and certain other foods, but we will just have to see. But it will be a time when we will rejoice and be so glad that we have given our lives to the Lord. When the seven years in heaven are finished, and it seems that all life on earth is just about to be extinguished on the earth, the next great event occurs. Now I saw the heavens open, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name was called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Revelation 19, 11-16. Anyone living on the earth at that time when this occurs and who has managed to survive without taking the mark of the beast will be able to calculate the exact day of Christ's return. Exactly 2,520 days from the signing of the covenant by the Antichrist in Israel and 1,260 days from when he set up his throne in the temple in Jerusalem would be the day that heaven would open and Jesus would return. Now we need to remember during this time that the Bible says that every eye shall see him. This will not happen during the rapture. That is a secret event when only those who are called and hear the voice of the trumpet will go. But during this time, every eye is going to see the return of Jesus. And I cannot imagine what it's going to be like to look up into the sky and see a magnificent rider coming back and the armies of heaven following him. You don't have to worry if you've never ridden a horse before. You'll know how to ride a horse. And Jesus is going to be the one coming first. You're just going to be following him. Satan himself also knows that his time is knows time very well and that his time is short, and so he is working as hard as possible to destroy as much of the earth and the population as he possibly can before this occurs. 
Imagine what he and the false prophet, as well as the inhabitants of the earth, will see when the heavens open, and they suddenly see a magnificent rider on a white horse descending from heaven, followed by an innumerable company of saints dressed in white and also riding white horses. In the midst of the worst battle ever to occur on the face of the earth is the greatest interruption that could possibly be imagined. This battle occurs in the Valley of Megiddo, also known as the Valley of Jezreel. At that time that Christ is descending to the earth, Revelation 14.20 says that the blood comes up to the horse's bridles. Now, this passage has caused a lot of scorn by unbelievers because there is no way that blood could literally be that deep in the 200 square miles of the valley, even if every person on earth was crucified or died at that time. However, the bloody bodies will be piled up to the height of the horse's bridles in this horrific battle. So we are going to continue our discussion of this and the events that followed in next week's episode. So until then, keep listening for the trumpet sound. We hope you are enjoying today's show. We believe that God has given us a voice to impact communities and regions all over the world. If you would like to make sure that voice is heard, please partner with us today by visiting www.expressionradio.org and click Donate. You can also text give by texting the dollar amount followed by the word radio to the number 84321. First time text givers, please choose Expression Church of Huntington when prompted. All gifts are tax deductible. Join us as we change the world.